Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hey, Dr. Denise, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for asking. Well, we are still in a pandemic. I was hoping that uh, things would be subsiding by now, but numbers are going up and down. And we are still here as caregivers and you as a physician with the specter of COVID still hovering over us. So what do we do? We prevent illness. So at this point in time, in the fall of 2021, we are now having a pandemic that's more adversely affecting those people who have not received a COVID-19 vaccine. We're soon to have an approval for vaccines for children under the age of 12. So if you are a grandparent, please get your immunization. Please also get your flu vaccine, because flu vaccine prevents the influenza virus. And these are all respiratory viruses that anybody can be affected with, but some people are more likely than others to die or to be hospitalized as a result of developing or contracting these viruses. Vaccinations do not prevent you from getting the disease vaccinations make it less likely that you will die or that you will require hospitalization for management. Please, if you have not done so already, get immunized against the SARS-CoV-19 virus. Also get your influenza virus and they are safe to be administered at the same time. Pregnant women should be getting the COVID-19 vaccine as well as an influenza vaccine. Those are longstanding recommendations by the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization. You know, we said this same thing a year ago, but it is very important that we stress it again, especially those of us who are caring for those with Alzheimer's and dementia who are, you know, at risk, uh, older, it's really, really important that we continue educating people, especially people like you telling uh, caregivers and everyone who will listen, please get vaccinated. Um, we're not trying to preach to you really, but it's been proven that it's really important. So in addition to the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine, all adults, who have not received at least one pneumonia vaccine, particularly if you're 65 years of age or older, the vaccine that we want you to get is the Prevnar 13, at least that one once. 
And then next year you get the one that immunizes against more pneumonia strains. Now that's a bacterial infection. But so let's just take it from here. For those of us who are middle-aged parents and grandparents, COVID vaccine to keep us from dying from the pandemic, annual influenza vaccine. If you've not yet been immunized against pneumonia, we all need a pneumonia vaccine. And that's at the so, age of 65 or older. At 65 or older, everybody needs a booster. So many of us have gotten a Pneumovax vaccine at some point in time, but now we need another one. When I went to college or when students go to college, we give them a booster for meningococcus vaccine that prevents certain types of meningitis. They get a tetanus booster when they go to college. The next time we even think about it usually is when something happens. You know, you get a tetanus booster because you stepped on a nail. Okay, but every 10 years, you need a booster for tetanus, DTP, tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. And while we're talking about tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis, whooping cough is a disease that's preventable and something that you can be immunized against. We've had a resurgence in whooping cough in the United States because guess what? It's adult grandparents who are giving their children, their grandchildren, whooping cough. So if you are a grandparent, make sure that your tetanus booster has pertussis in it because whooping cough is a highly infectious disease, much like COVID. These are all things that are preventable through immunizations. If you've not had your tetanus pertussis vaccine booster, please make sure that you get that because whooping cough is transmitted to our grandchildren from us. Whooping cough can be deadly to our grandchildren. Please make sure that you get your tetanus, uh, your pertussis vaccine booster. Well, I see the theme here. And as I said before, I think it's really important that we're telling our listeners about all types of illnesses that are out there, vaccines and boosters that are available uh, for their protection. But I have a question and I don't know if, if you can answer this, you probably can. Going back to the COVID vaccine and you hear about the booster that's available. I just have a simple question. Maybe no one else is thinking this, but when they say booster, is that third booster shot the exact same as the other dosages or is it a different, is there something different in this shot or is it just, just a third shot? Right now, at this moment in time, we're finding that an additional shot, I'm going to just say shot, okay, an additional vaccine dose of Pfizer has been approved for people 65 years of age and older and immunocompromised individuals. What is being administered is a third whole vaccine dose. Research shows that the immunity that is conferred by getting the first two shots wears off after six, to, six months, eight months. That's why they're ad advocating a booster shot. And the booster shot is another whole dose. That's my question. So basically, it's nothing different in the ingredients. It's just a third shot. At this point in time, it is 
a third shot. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. So, at, you know, we talk about Alzheimer's and dementia. That's the purpose of our podcast. So during this trying time with COVID, we have to really watch our loved ones because confusion is a part of their issue. But especially during this time, you know, some of the things we learned at the beginning of COVID is we have to practice extra hygiene and be over vigilant when we are trying to keep clean and hands washed. But that's difficult sometimes when you have someone with Alzheimer's and dementia, trying to get them to understand the situation. I know I'm trying to explain it to my mother and maybe it's a, an effort that I should just give up on, but I'm trying to sort of let her understand what she needs, why she needs to be safer and, and more and have more cleanliness now. How do we go about that? I think that for persons with dementia, it's not something that you tell them so much as you show them. They're going to try to model the behavior. So if you're washing your hands, your mother will wash hers. If you have a wipe, uh, you know, uh, the easier thing, just say this here, the easier thing is to keep those persons with dementia and who are vulnerable in a familiar home environment. We can control what goes on in our home. We can't control what goes on in the public. If you are taking your relative out and about in the public, make sure that you have those antibacterial wipes around so that you can wipe your hands. You have the wipe, sanitizing wipes for the hands and the face, but you also have a disinfectant one so that you can wipe the surfaces that she's going to be exposed to. But keeping your own home environment as clean as possible is important. Uh, regular cleaning in your own home, but helping her wash her own hands. Uh, model, rather than explain or talk to, model the behavior. They're going to do what they see you do. So if you're putting your hands in the soapy water and washing your hands, your mother's going to want to do that. But if you say, mommy, wash your hands, she probably won't. But if she sees you doing it, she probably will. The other thing that I would say is be mindful of who comes in your home. So people who come in your home, particularly workmen, need to be encouraged to keep a mask on. And if they don't have one, you give them one. Give them some shoe covers to traipse around in your house because what they've been through traipses from the outside comes into your house. They're not going to take their shoes off. Give them some shoe covers and make sure that you have hand sanitizer immediately available for people to use upon entry into your home. And you know what I've found when I've slowly ventured out into the public, um, as you know, and probably a lot of listeners as well, we were just pretty much trapped at home for months on end. And when I finally got the courage to go out, even though my mother is able to walk at the age of 92, I found it much better to take her wheelchair and put her in it so that I could control where she went. 
And, you know, she's a, a little ornery sometimes, but for some reason, I, I think it was just the grace of God that she allowed me to put her in the wheelchair. So I was able to control. So, you know, listeners, if you have a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's and they will allow you to put them in uh, sort of a mobile carrier, that certainly helps you control who they come in contact with. And it, you're still able to get them out to you know, get fresh air and, and to be social a bit, but put them in that wheelchair and I could take her any and everywhere and it worked perfectly for me. So. And that's a good idea to bring your own uh, mobilization devices, your own wheelchair walker, your own transfer chair. Uh, if you're gonna be traveling, going in the airport makes it a little bit easier to push them around in their chair. But again, bring your sanitizing materials. Um, but you're right, putting somebody with dementia in a uh, controlled device allows you to control their environment. No, they're not apt to wander. And to be quite honest with you, they're gonna be more likely to stick to you in their chair rather than you walking with them. Because if you're walking with them, you got a hold of them, but if they see something they like, they're off. <laughs> right. Right. Particularly if they're running, if they're mobile and independently mobile. And I found that uh, I thought that my mother would um, think that I'm fooling her, like she's not doing anything or going anywhere, but praise God, she just enjoys it. You know, it's getting out of the house with a different perspective, a different environment, different things to look at. And she's just as content as she can be. If I take her in her chair, she's able to be social from a distance and she's happy about it. And we slowly ventured out um, taking a chance to get something to eat, but I know all our listeners are doing the same thing. I find, you know, restaurants or places that are practically empty um, and sit way in the corner, clean off everything and she's happy. So there are certain things you can do if you take the necessary precautions and planning, planning, is key. We must address the people who do not believe in vaccines. And like I said earlier, we're not here to preach to them. But for those listeners who have uh, loved ones with Alzheimer's and dementia, and they just do not want to get the vaccine, and they don't want to get it for their loved one, they don't want to get it for themselves, how can they keep everyone safe? Well, most public facilities, if you're a public employee, you've probably been hearing this in the news, all healthcare facilities and governmental facilities are requiring that their employees get a vaccination or lose their jobs. If they're going to, if they're in an environment where, okay, I'm not taking the vaccine, I don't want that in my body, I'm always you don't know what's in anything that you take, none, none of the medications you take regularly, but you will be subjected in most ethical places to a COVID test at least twice a week. If you're willing to do that, then you're willing to do that. And that may be acceptable uh, in some environments. But as for me in my house, if you don't have a vaccination, I don't want you in my house. You need to be prepared to have services refused to you because you are not vaccinated. 
And just because you have that belief, don't think that other people are going to be tolerant of that belief. People are all bent out of shape because people aren't serving people uh, without a vaccination. They're not allowing you in on the premises of their facility without an immunization. Be prepared for that. But I think that if you're unwilling in this worldwide pandemic, refusing to get the treatment or the prevent use the preventative strategy that has been employed across the world, not the state, but across the world, you need to be prepared for the consequence of that. And the consequence of that is hospitalization and or death. What you're also getting ready to see is that insurance premiums are going to be higher for people who have not received a COVID immunization because of the pandemic, the worldwide pandemic that we are in. They've not been saying it, but right now, insurance companies are looking at those people who are vaccinated versus the ones who are not, because the ones who are not are more likely to come into the hospital care, healthcare system and require an inordinate amount of resource to remain alive. So you're gonna be charged for that. We're also going to see a rationing or a limiting of bed availability for people who have a COVID-19 diagnosis. So up until very recently, you know, we've been letting people in who are infected with COVID into our intensive care units and utilizing services as required. Well, now hospitals are saying, okay, we've got 20 beds. All 20 beds are not gonna be available for COVID people. We're only gonna have five beds open for COVID patients, just as an example, such that people who are having acute heart attacks, acute strokes, and other major illness needs have accessibility to the intensive care unit. There may not be an intensive care unit available for you if you develop a COVID infection and you need the resources of an intensive care unit. Those resources for that purpose are going to start to be rationed they are already starting to be rationed. So take home point. If you are electing not to receive the COVID-19 vaccination or any other preventive vaccination, be prepared to become infected. And should you become infected, particularly if you're vulnerable, vulnerable are people who are cancer patients, older patients, people with any immunocompromise and people who are obese, people who are diabetic, you are more likely to become ill to the point where you require hospitalization. And if your hospitalization is required and you're in a place that has limited COVID bed availability, you're gonna to have to go from place to place in order to get seen and to be treated because it's already happening. Wow. Well, I wanted to present both sides for our listeners. And we're not here to tell you what you should or should not do, but just to inform you. So thank you for that sobering analysis. Thank you, Dr. Monica. Thank you, Dr. Denise. Please follow us on Twitter, MPMK at MPMK Podcast. 
And on Facebook, my parents are now my kids. And on Instagram, my parents are now my kids. See you next time.